guys, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man. Good morning. I hope I'm meeting you well. Grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab some coffee, grab some mead, grab some cider or whatever you'd like to drink. It's not a relax. Today we're going to talk about altars and the things on your altar, the accoutrements on there. Um, but first, I want to do a reading from the Have Mall. And let me get there to where I want to be. Give me one second. Here we go. He that learns not will never know how one is the fool of another. For if one be rich, another is poor, and for that should bear no blame. Cattle die and kinsmen die. They self too soon must die. The one thing never, I ween, will die. Fair fame of one who has earned. Cattle die and kinsmen die, they self too soon must die. But one thing never, I ween, will die. The doom on each one dead. These words are really nice in the sense they talk about um, knowledge, first thing. So knowledge doesn't pass with you. And leaving knowledge behind makes people rich. Even if people are poor, they can still be rich in knowledge. You know, everything's going to die one day, but what we leave behind for our legacy or our posterity will last forever, especially our reputation. Good words there. Let's do our morning prayer. God and goddesses, Aesir and Vanir, thank you for the blessings you have given me. Thank you for being with me. I ask you to continue to bless me and be by my side. I ask you to help me to face the decrees of the Norns with courage honor, and frith. And I ask you to help me do the best that I can for my faith, my ancestors, my family, and my kindred, this day and every day and always. Grant me wisdom, honor, strength, and frith to continue to bring honor to you and my ancestors. Hail the gods. Today being Thursday, we're going to say Hail Thor, protector of humans, destroyer of the ice giants, wielder of the hammer. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what we want on our altars and how we set up our altar and things of that nature. So I look forward to talking about this. Thanks for joining me today on The Modern Heathen Man, and I will be right back. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbub, Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. 
all of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They're incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen here. So let's delve right into what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about altars and um, the pieces for your altar. Let's first talk about the actual altar. What do we consider an altar? What is considered by you to be an altar? Well, you know, that's that goes back to personal preference again. Um, there's a couple different types of altars. I know that for a fact. There's an outside altar and there's an inside altar. Um, they each have different names, um, and give me one second here. They all have different names, and they all have different purposes. Um, so let's begin talking about a few of those. So the first thing is you could buy a bunch of altars on Etsy. You could buy a bunch of altars in different places. But, you know, do you really need to buy the altars from them? Um, you, you don't really have to. You could just go ahead and build your own. I use um, an old computer table for my one altar. For my outside altar, I actually built it out of wood. Um, you could also build it out of stone. Um, but whatever serves your altar, you just want to have a nice space to put your stuff on. Make it flat so that when you give offerings, it doesn't roll off and things of that nature, but it's your own preference. I mean, I've seen people use nightstands, end tables, um, regular tables, whatever draws you to it that says that this is going to be your altar, that's going to be your main altar, if you like. I do recommend putting your altar um, in a place of prominence so that um, you can always view it, so it always has effects on you, so that when you're sitting there like watching TV, you can always glance over and see your altar and enjoy seeing it, and again, so it has its effect on you in your life. So you got your table now or your little end table or whatever you're going to use as your altar in your house, and what are you going to do next? Well, I personally, I cover my altar in a cloth. Um, it can be a white cloth, it can be a cloth design on it, whatever is nice to you. Whatever calls to you and says this belongs to your altar, you can go ahead and put on there and make it part of your altar. When you put it on there, make sure you fold it nicely, make sure it looks good, make sure it complements it. So now you have your table and your cloth. Okay, Your cloth serves two purposes. Your cloth keeps the actual main area clean. It also keeps the background looking good for you when you're doing stuff, and it's visually pleasing to yourself or to those around you. So however you want your altar look, go ahead and get a cloth that matches what you want your altar look. A couple different places you can do that. You can either get online and buy a cloth that has a design on it that is a satri base, he's heathenry based, or something of that nature. 
Or you can just head out to Walmart to the material section and just start looking through some of the materials they have there. And you may find something nice, give yourself a couple yards of it, you know, curl up the ends, sew them if you can, or, you know, um, iron them down and just put the altar cloth right on there. And then you have yourself a beautiful altar cloth. A couple different ways to do it, and there's cheap ways, there's expensive ways, whichever you prefer, whichever fits your budget and fits your needs. The next piece we're going to talk about in setting up your altar you know, besides location, so you have your actual piece, your table, you have your location, you have your altar cloth. The next thing I want to talk about is the things that actually go on top of the altar. Every good heathen needs a horn. Let's just say that. Um, the horn is used in ceremonies. The horn is used for drinking meat. The horn is used um, as a symbol of different things. And every good heathen needs a horn. What I'm going to recommend is that you buy a horn from a reputable place or you produce your own horn, whichever, whichever you like. I mean, it's up to you. If you have access to um, cattle horns, by all means, go ahead and get yourself a cattle horn and build your own horn out of that. Just make sure that you do something the inside, like either wax it, use beeswax, whatever, to make sure that it can hold the liquid nicely. Make sure that it's clean. Make sure that it's you know ready to be used. You can scrimshaw the outside of a horn if you like, uh, with whatever you like, a Dremel tool or whatever. Make it yours. Make it your horn. Um, I have two horns I use. One is smaller than the other one. My large horn has no scrimshawing in it. It's just made as a horn. It has a little stand I built out of wood to hold it up. So those are those two horns. You want a horn that's going to be comfortable in your hand, not so big that you can't hold it. You definitely want a holder to hold it up if you're pouring meat into it. Uh, my holder was simple. I just put a hole in a piece of wood and use it as a uh, stand for the horn when it's uh, sitting up in the the angle that it's at holds it together. It's really nice. So um, that's that for the horn. Um, but again, make sure it's something comfortable for you. If you do buy one online, make sure that it's sealed properly. Make sure that you're able to hold drinks in it. Uh, make sure the seal that they use is um, culinary so that you don't get sick from it or anybody else. Um, the other thing you want on your altar is a hammer. Um, the hammer you use for the ritual of hallowing the area. But you want something that looks like a hammer to represent Thor or represent the, the thing of Thor. Um, I... I originally took a piece of two by four and drilled a hole in it and put a handle in it and made a, a small wooden hammer for my altar. A friend of mine said, no, no, I want to make a better one. And he actually is a metal worker. And he actually went and made me a beautiful metal um, Thor's hammer hammer for my altar. It's, it's really cool. It weighs about, you know, I want to say four or five pounds, maybe six pounds. It's a really nice hammer for my altar and it really complements it nicely. So I have that on the right-hand side of my, my altar, you know, for representing Thor and for hallowing the area when I'm doing it. It's up to you how you have that. It's up to you what type of hammer you have, whether it be very ornate, whether it just be plain, whether it's made of wood or whether it's made of metal. Entirely up to you. It may just be one that you buy from Home Depot or Lowe's and you just have a representation of the hammer there. So it's entirely up to you which type of hammer you have there. 
Um, with these two things, the horn and the hammer are the main two things you're going to have on your altar because both of those are used in the ritual and ceremony. The next main piece that you have that go along with the hammer and with the, the horn is going to be your offering bowl. It could be anything you want. Again, I mean, as long as it's a bowl that holds your offering, it'll be what you need. It'll be whatever you have it to be, whatever you're looking to have, that could be yours. Um, however you want to design it, it's up to you. Um, I personally went out to the secondhand shop and I bought um, these wooden bowls they had for like a quarter piece. I carved some runes into it. I carved the um, Vegvisian into it. And that is my offering bowl. Um, I have that in the center of my altar, and that sits there for me to pour my offering into and then take it outside uh, from my outside altar for the, the gods and goddesses. Um, it could be ceramic. It could be clay. It could be wood. It could be metal. It could be glass. It could be plastic if you wanted to. As long as the bowl represents the offering bowl that you have and it's something you feel belongs on your altar you can put it there um, sometimes depending on which god you're venerating some gods prefer cups um, golden cups or silver cups or you know things of that nature so you'll you'll switch up now and then um, brass cups whatever you want whatever represents that god to you that you're sacrificing to you're going to go ahead and use that as their bowl for sacrifice. Um, so we have the three main parts. We have the horn with the stand, we have the hammer, and then we have the bowl. When we come back, we're going to go a little more in depth to a few more things that you need. These are the basic things you need for your altar. Um, there's a couple others we'll go over in a little bit here. Um, we'll stay basic, and then we'll get into more advanced as we go. But for right now, that's about all you need. Um, I will say this. My wife can find all this at the dollar store. I mean, she can go out there with $10 and come back with a full altar um, makeover and just remake an altar for 10 bucks. So um, that's the other thing I'm going to say. You can do it from the dollar store. You can do it from Walmart. You can do it from wherever you want. You can go as expensive as you want or as cheap as you want. It's your altar. You decide what's going to be on it. So when I come back, we'll talk a little bit more, a little bit more about the things that we need for the altar or should have on there, um, the things that are not necessary to have exactly, but you may want. Anyway, when we come back, we'll talk about it. See you in a few moments. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DE poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. 
He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks. I'm back now, and I appreciate you listening to those promos for those places that uh, that help support this channel. Anyway, um, the next one I'm going to do is actually called uh, Odin's Beard Woodworking, and the reason I'm going to mention him right now is that he makes these um, beautiful little um, effigies of the gods. They're, they're incredible. He carves them by hand. He makes them. He makes little staves and little sticks and stuff like that. Quite a few different things for your altar. Same thing with Midgard Musings. They have the little boxes and stuff to hold the um, runes and stuff on your altar. Beautiful, beautiful work. Both of those people do some great work. But these are things that you also may want on your altar. You definitely want something that represents the gods on your altar. Um, whether that be a printout from your computer of a picture of a god or a painting of a god or an effigy of a god or a carving of a god or a even a little statue that you saw at the secondhand shop or at the dollar general or wherever that reminds you of a god you can put that on your altar as an effigy for that god to represent that god to you so you definitely want something that represents the gods on your altar um, whether it be the specific gods of Odin, Thor, you know, Tyr, those things that represent the days of the week, or it's your god that you feel most in tune with, you definitely want some there, but you do want to remember all the gods either way on your altar. Um, the next piece you want on your altar, obviously, is runes, because this is where you're going to begin to do your rituals, where you use the runes to go ahead and represent your day and what's going on in your day, or what's going on with a specific situation that you may have or have going on. So you're definitely going to want to have a place to do that, and this is, uh, your altar is a great place to do that. Um, but the runes can be anything you want. They can be made by you. They can be bought. They can be given to you as a gift. You know, we'll talk a little more about runes later. But, yeah, the, the runes need to be on the altar with the other stuff and have their own little container for that. Um, the reading for the day you can leave out so you can see it all day long and represent that. Or, you know, a rune a day kind of thing where you pull a rune out and just have it in your altar, and that's the rune that represents your day. Um, so you definitely want some runes there. Another thing you want, there's candles. I mean, candlelight is always good in doing stuff with um, rituals. So candles, I mean, what can I say? They're candles. Buy them wherever you can. Get them secondhand. Just candles or candles or candles or candles. People have color representations of candles. I don't. I just do what's nice for the time. Sometimes it's white. Sometimes it's not. Personally, I enjoy the... Um, 
candles from Walmart that are in the glass tubular things, like that are for the grays, if you know what I mean, the white ones. I just like those and it stays lit and it's kept inside that glass and it's safe and everything. So it won't get knocked over. It's pretty heavy and it lasts a long time. So that's what I prefer for my altar. Um, and then I can also paint glass and paint symbols and stuff like that. And as it burns down, you can still see those symbols. So that's a candle for the altar. So let's talk so far about what we have so far. So we have our offering bowl in the center. We have a hammer. We have the horn to offer the mead and for the rituals. We have the effigy of the god. And we have a candle going. And we have our runes. Okay, so that's just a basic altar right there. You know, besides the table and the actual cloth that goes over it. If you have a cloth, if you don't, that's fine as well. So... That's just a basic altar right there. That's basically what you want. Um, those are the things that can do almost every ritual without fail each and every time. There's not many rituals you won't do without just those things. Um, so we're talking bare necessities of heathenry here to have these on your altar. Now, your altar can get a lot more extravagant um, as you go. On my altar, being a Gothi, I have a few other things, and we'll go over those um, here in a moment. I want to tell you, though, your altar is your altar. No one can tell you how your altar should look or should not look. What I'm giving you is recommendations for the basic things in an altar. I'm not saying that you must have these. I'm not saying you should have these. I'm saying you could have these, and this is a good basic Asatru altar. Um, and with that said, we'll go beyond this now what i'm trying to portray is that no matter what it's your decision what goes in your altar if you don't want these things you don't have to have them on there you don't have to have an outside altar you don't have to have an inside altar you don't have to have an altar at all to practice healing i'm just giving you ideas of what you want to do as a heathen so with that said a little more extravagant on the altars um i have a shofar or a horn for blowing to let people know that I am in the midst of getting ready to do my ceremony. So I will blow my horn to let the world know, to let the gods know, to let the ancestors know that my ceremony is about to begin. That's one thing you can have. It's a ram's horn that's been made into a um, actual horn. Um, that's on my altar. Um, there's a knife on my altar um, that sits on a mirror. And that reminds me of the warriors and the things they've had to do. I also have a sword that's at the side of my altar. Um, the knife was handmade by me with an antler um, handle. A lot of the stuff on my altar was handmade by me, which is nice, or handmade by someone else for me. Um, let's see what else is on my altar. My runes, my brass bowl, my offering bowl, my oath ring. I have an oath ring that I made out of oak and beautiful oak ring that people can hold when they're making their oaths and boasts. Beautiful piece of work, but I keep that on my altar to remind me of the oaths that I've made and the things I need to accomplish um, for my kindred and so on and so forth. Um, the oath I took to be the Gothi of this kindred, so I'm remembering that each and every time. The other piece that I have on my altar is uh, Sunni and Mani water that has been charged by both of us. So like um, midsummer coming up, I will go ahead and put a bottle of water out for Sunni to bask his light 
onto so that I can know for sure that that water is blessed by Sunni. And I will have sun water and I will have moon water both on my altar, representing both of them to represent the new day and the new moon. Only those. The night is blessed, so is the day. Um, so I have those on my altar. Um, I have stones that I've painted to represent specific gods on my altar when I'm doing things to them or venerating for them or doing things like that. So I have those to represent them. And then I think incense are on my altar. So I have incense to smell good. I have some oils over there to make uh, things. I have mead in the bottom of my altar. And I want to think that that's about it, but that's an extravagant altar. That's where you start to get into extravagance. Um, and I don't mean extravagant like it's going to cost you a lot, but you start to run out of space on your altar space. So that's what I'm going to say at, at that point. So you take your time and you take inventory of what you have, how big of an altar you actually want, or how small of an altar you actually want. I do have a small container, though, that I take with me to different places and ceremonies that just has enough stuff to have a small altar, which is nice. Um and when I do that, you know, my altar has some pieces on it yet because I don't need to take that sun and moon water with me and some other stuff that means something to me from my altar. I don't need to take those out to other people's places. Um, so some of those things stay here. I just take the basic altar with me to where I'm going, like if I'm doing a wedding or if I'm doing, you know, uh, a bloat somewhere or if I'm blessing somebody's child or something. I take those in a little case, and I set up the altar there. Uh, it makes it really nice for me. It makes it really easy to do, and and it makes it um, kind of convenient, to be honest with you. So, all right, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what we do on our altar, how we uh, cleanse our altar, how we wash our altar, how we clean the things that are on there to keep them from being dusty. Um, all that good information when we come back, um, let you all know. Um, what's going on with your altar, and how do we have ceremonies at the altar? Um, who do we involve? What do we involve? What does it involve? Period. So when I come back, we'll talk about that, and I'll talk to you in a few minutes, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satru Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satru Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal, the reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith they gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. 
They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathen we all belong with other heathens they're really specific on who they let in there and it's only heathens talking with heathens that's all there is to it so go ahead and check it out their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the a and the u so make sure to go ahead and check them out and uh hopefully we'll see you join there the international satru foundation thanks guys Okay, guys, I'm back, and thank you so much for uh, listening to those promos once again. So I want to talk about the altar and um, keeping it straight, keeping it nice. Um, about once a week, I go ahead and I dust off my altar. I dust all the pieces on it, make sure it's kept nice, and make sure it's kept clean. Um, but once a year, you should go ahead and clean your altar, at least strip the whole thing off, clean the whole thing, wash the cloth and everything else, just to keep it good. Um, that's what I do anyway. I'm just saying, um, especially if people are drinking from the horn and things of that nature, you want to go ahead and clean those off as often as you can. Um, so that's the first thing. It depends on how you want to keep your altar, how you keep your altar. I personally put my altar in a place of prominence in my home. Some people, I, I don't mean to say this to be mean, some people aren't able to practice out in the open like that, so they kind of keep their uh, altars in their closets. And I, I get that. That's cool. You know, it is what it is. But I keep mine prominently placed in the front room. Um, keep mine prominently placed out in the yard in the one corner there. And where they can see it. And I plant for it and everything. So it's, it's a really nice, really nice place for it. But with that said, my outdoor altar has a, uh, big carvings of the gods all around it and uh, a hammer and an offering bowl and you know it's got stone and stuff on it. it's really really pretty um, that one I don't clean as much as I do the one in here that one out there is for offerings the animals and stuff so I hose it down every once in a while just clean it off just make it nice you know um, but the one in the house I clean um, at least once a week I dust it off and stuff and keep stuff nice on there so what do we do at our altars that's that's the big question you know I, I say Quite a bit that a satru is a a religion where we get together and do stuff. But a satru should first be practiced at home with your family. Um, the first bloats you should learn to do should be family bloats. The first bloats you should have are family bloats. Um, some bolts with the family, um, just room readings with your family. Everything should be done in the home that you would normally do at a bloat, just at your home more often than you do outside of the bloat. The society we live in in modern day has come to the idea that religion is practiced outside the home. Um, that we go ahead and go to church, if you will, sit there, listen to a guy tell us how to act all week, leave there, go home, and go back to being us. That's not what we're supposed to be doing as heathens. As heathens, we are supposed to practice our religion daily. Um, morning rituals, um, evening rituals, whatever you want to do. We should have ritual as much as possible. 
The more we do, the closer we become to the gods and the closer we become to our ancestors. Just like anything else, if you only see a friend once a year or once a month, they're not really a friend. I mean, it's different if your friend is working or something. But before that, you guys had a relationship that was built upon either daily talking to each other or daily seeing each other or you know, even every other day. You know, it's the same thing with the gods and the ancestors. If you only visit them once a month or once every other month or once a year, are they really your ancestors? Are they really your gods? I mean, how do you build a relationship with that little bit of contact? So we should be doing our bloats at home first and then outside in the community with the kindred. Um, you can invite people from the kindred to your home to do bloats with you. You can invite your family to do bloats with you. You can invite your friends to do bloats with you. Whoever you want to invite in, you can. That's, that's entirely up to you. But we should be practicing healing at home as much as we practice it out of the home. Um, if not more. You know, it should be a daily thing. Um, I say all the time you should be reading the Eddas to your kids every day or the stories of the gods to your kids every day. Um, you should be reading the sagas yourself and going into the Eddas and doing things of that nature because this is how we become fluent in our in our path that we're walking. Now, it's not right for everybody. Uh, I keep saying that because what's right for me isn't always right for you. What's right for you isn't always right for me. Um, I will recommend keeping a journal um, of the things that are happening um, your house bloats and things like that, if you can, um, you know, just writing there what's going on and how the gods are affecting your life. This way you can go back and read them later, you know, almost creating your own saga. This is what's going on. This is what's happening in the, you know, the Marrero saga, you know, with my family and stuff. So, um, that's one thing you do at your altar. The other thing you do at your altar is, you talk about the pieces of your kids, what they mean, where they come from. Like, where does the hammer come from? Why do we put a hammer on our on our altar? What does it represent? Who does it come from? Where does it go? And then you can get into the story of how, you know, Loki stole um, Sif's hair and had to create the hammer for Odin, and, or not for Odin, for uh, Thor and some other stuff like that to make up for it. And it brings the idea of the stories to life for them because now this piece is right there in front of them. And it represents that story. So you can go from there and how he used the hammer to defeat the ice giants and things of that nature. I mean, Marvel Comics does a great thing of immortalizing that hammer, but not the right way. Uh, we need to teach our kids the right way that it's immortalized. So and uh, teach them how these stories and what these stories mean to us. So that's the first thing that your altar does. The second thing your altar does is when people walk in, they instantly know that you're a satra heathen, which is really great. I mean, that's the way it should be, you know? The other thing I'll add to this is um, I forgot one piece that I do have on my altar that I forgot to add is I have um, runic formulas hanging off of them for protection. Um, runic formulas all over my house for protection and off of the altar and stuff like that and um, bind runes and things like that, if you want to call them that, for protection. But anyway... Those, again, were handmade by me on blocks of wood and burned in with a wood-burning kit. So um, they're really nice, uh, and they they really look cool, and they hang up with leather thongs and stuff. So that's the other thing I have hanging around the altar. And then, of course, pictures of my ancestors um, and people I want to remember is around my altar as well. So that's the other piece. So 
with that said, you know, your kids can look at these pictures and you can talk about your ancestors. You can talk about the stories that go along with them. Your altar should be the centerpiece of your heathen life. It should be the place you go to be a heathen. It should be the place you go to be within that realm. It should be the quiet place that you can go to practice being a heathen, to meditate on those things that heathens need to meditate on, to visit your ancestors, to visit with the gods, to have a place to go to be as a family and meet your family, if you understand what I mean by that. So um, that's the other piece that your altar does. Um, it lets your children know what you practice and that you're real about this and that it's really something that goes on. <clears throat> the more you use your altar, the more your children will see how you use your altar. And then you'll pass that down to them and they'll continue to do that thing. So I want to encourage you all to build yourself an altar if you can, to make it yours to make your altar the centerpiece of your life. I mean, like I said to you before, I have a little box. So when my wife and I go traveling, I take the little box with me as well. So I can set up my altar wherever I am, whether it be in the hotel room or whether it be at a friend's place that we're staying at. I'm able to set up the altar and be a heathen even when I'm away. I went to the hospital with pneumonia. And while I was there, I made a small makeshift altar so that I can practice my heathenry even while I was in the hospital. And, it was really, it was a really cool experience because I actually had the nurses coming in, both male and female, in the morning, to join me in my daily ritual of waking up before the dawn to welcome the new day sun. Um, they did it every day with me for almost two weeks while I was there because somebody never met a practicing heathen before, and they thought it was strange because they wanted to see what I did in my ritual. And my ritual to them wasn't anything that they thought it would be. They thought, you know, again, like I'd be, you know, dancing around a campfire, naked, you know, praising, whatever. And that's just not the way it was. It was really simple. It was really honoring the mo the morning, the day, asking for blessings, uh, asking for blessings for other people rather than myself, even though I was sick. And they really found that to be honorable. Um, they found that, you know, I was still in touch with my kindred and knew what was going on and would um, honor them and the things that they were doing, even though I was in really bad shape. So to them, it became something totally different, and they were able to watch me do this. And it was enjoyable for me. It was enjoyable to share being heathen with them, to show them it wasn't what they thought it was, to show them it wasn't the... I want to say weird or strange path they believed it to be, that it was something totally different and out of the scope of what they were told it was. So with that said, guys, I want to go ahead and, um, like I said before, encourage you to build an altar, encourage you to use an altar. Um, if you have any questions, post them on here, please. Uh, be Feel free to do so. Um, Visit my people that help this uh, program run, especially uh, Midgard Musings and um, Odin Beard Woodworking. Um, the International Satri Foundation is there to help you uh, get started and do the things you do there with uh, becoming a heathen or being a heathen and staying a heathen. Um, with all that said, there's those. 
I'm going to say, if you can, help support this channel. Uh, it's up to you if you do or not, but help support it if you believe in it. Either share it with a bunch of friends or get on there and actually give 99 cents a month. That's the lowest you can give, which is really good. I mean, I don't mind that. But, yeah, help support me and help support this channel. I want to keep bringing you stuff each and every day. Um, this is why I record this every day. Tomorrow, I think I'm going to touch base on um, runes, and uh, we'll go from there. So we'll talk about the power of the runes, and we'll talk about um, runes specifically and my favorite runes and so on and so forth. And we'll get into where we get runes from and um, where do you buy yours from? Do you make yours or do you buy yours? But we'll get into all that tomorrow. I want to thank you guys for taking the time and tell you all to have a wonderful day. I want to hail you for listening and um, keep on being strong. Uh, Midsummer is coming up, by the way. I do want to add that I may be streaming my um, Midsummer Bloat live so you all can hear it. Uh, and then we have a party afterwards. So we'll see. I, I got to talk to my kindred about that. Maybe we'll do that. But, yeah, definitely. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And definitely um, tune in tomorrow for the podcast on runes. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Hail. Thank you.